You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. When it comes to entertainment in Los Angeles, one production company has it on lock. Young Baca Productions. From a bi-monthly show at the Airliner in Los Angeles, to the many shows, to the B-Side Forum, to the State of Battle Rap on the B-SideChannel.com, Young Baca Productions are putting together the dopest entertainment in Los Angeles, California, and beyond. Check them out on Wait the Flock Up Send You, YoungBacaProductions.com. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Welcome to Popular Nobody. What is this? Popular Nobody. We don't care if you're famous. Just make sure what you create is fly as fuck. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all around the world. My name is Ariano. And this is the Popular Nobody Podcast. January 8th. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, uh, what was the other thing you asked? How did I get into radio? Yeah. Do you want Do you want to know that one? Sure, sure. I asked Have that we like run long? We probably run 50 long. Fifty minutes ago, but go ahead. Okay. Um, oh, I got. Into you needed radio. a job. You said. Yeah, I needed a job. <laughs> I was living in New York City. I needed yeah. a job. Yeah. And um, so, uh, I uh, one of my best friends was the afternoon guy at K Rock in New York City, the biggest rock station there, and um, world famous. K-Rock. World famous K-Rock. Well, actually, the, K- the that's K Rock in L A. But the the well, the, the, they call it the world famous K-Rock here, right? In L A. It's K-Rock yeah. and in 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 New York is the world famous K Rock, where Howard where Howard Stern was. Yeah. He was on in the afternoon. Howard Stern was on in the morning, and um, and but he'd been the morning guy in Houston, and I was like in New York. I'm like 23 years old. My resume says guy in a band and I don't even have a band (laughs) like I didn't go to school all my friends had graduated from college they had jobs I had nothing and I was like you know because my band ended when like we ended when we were still signed to Columbia yeah um and the uh, the guitar player in the band was like older than me he'd had a kid and he got offered a job as a musical director of the blue man group so I was like that's a sick gig wow you can play music every single day and have health insurance that doesn't come along and no, you've got a awesome. kid and that seems pretty cool so he went and did that and then like I'm left with nothing and I I, I decided to move down to Texas and my best friend had been my best friend had been the morning guy at the station in Texas. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm moving down to Texas. What do I do? I know it's got to be something media or entertainment related because that's the only thing I know. And um, and then he was just like, oh, be in radio. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, be in radio. It's easy. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, just and he helped me fake up a demo that made me sound like I was as good as him. Um, and I gave that demo to 
uh, my boss, he gave it to his boss at Sirius XM and I gave it to somebody in, uh, the, my old record label guy in, in the, from my band was like, Oh, you need to give your demo to this guy, the program director of this station. And the cool thing was like my band never got me anything other than tax debt. And, but like when I gave them the, they're like, Oh, I played your record a lot. Like I know who you are. Sure. Come in for an interview. So that kind of got my, got my foot in, in the back door. And, um, and so like, I just got one crappy shift a week on both Sirius XM and the buzz, the station in Houston and, and just kind of weaseled so, my way up from there. And now I'm, you run this bitch 10 years later, I'm on like six stations and, uh, I still have no money to show for it, but, but <laughs> yes. you know what? I got a check the other day from universal. When we got signed, I got handed a million dollars. You seriously got handed a million dollars? Not me personally. I had to split it with the other guys and we had to make an album. We had to go on tour, but we got a million dollars. Holy fuck, dude. We, we were, well, it was back when people had money to do that sort of thing. It was not as uncommon in the late How 90s. many guys? Four? Uh, there was four of us. Yeah. But like, like, but no, no, we got nothing out of it. Like, we, pull your phones out. <laughs> no, 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 no. no but like, I think we, I think we made, I mean, I was like, I was 17 at the time, Fuck. but I like, I made $30,000 a year. That's, that was my take home from that for yeah. like, but for like four years, I made $30,000 a year off yeah. that record deal, which when you're 17, you don't have rent, you don't have home, you're living in a tour bus, seems like all the money in the world. And it really is. But like, I, I got screwed because we had Bruce Springsteen's accountant who was entirely too sure. busy looking after the boss's money yeah. to pay my taxes. Of course. So years later, they come after, like the IRS goes, hey, we're going to take everything, leave you only one chair to sit on in your home unless you pay us like $15,000. So it, it got me all this tax debt. And so like I, I deeply resented that million dollars for a long time thinking like it just, it, it effed me over. Now all the tax debt's paid off. That That's a wash. And I recently got a check from Universal. They caught up with us after all these years saying, hey, your album recouped. It finally made the million dollars that we spent on you, which means you now get to have some of the profits. Yeah, so yeah. here's like, here's some money. Yeah. And it wasn't much. It was like a couple grand. But uh -huh. it was interesting when I got my first check when I was like 17, I was like, I'm going to buy one nice thing. And that was a laptop. And then I got another check all these years later, my last check, I'm guessing from that. And it was like enough for a new laptop. So I was nice. like, I'm getting a new laptop. Full circle laptops. So, yeah. so my, my band got me a career in radio and two laptop computers. Hey, that's more. I have one laptop computer, which I have refurnished twice already. <laughs> so uh, AD, it's yes. been a pleasure. Thank it's you. It's been an honor. Thank you. But we're not leaving yet. We got. I want to I want to do this again sometime. I know you're like, oh my god, we've talked so much. I've had it with you, dude. It, but I kind of feel like we did my show, not my show, but we talked about yeah. the stuff that we talk about on my show. Really, I just wanted to talk about indie hip hop. <laughs> well, let's get into it because uh, it is my podcast. So fuck you, it can yeah. as long as I yeah. want. I need AD's top five. Top five, what? Let's go MCs. Uh, top five. Let's MCs. do MCs. This one will do it uh, hip hop specific. Top five MCs, hip hop specific. Um, in at number one. Yes. Um, and I've had long arguments with many people about this, but for me, there, it, it's the undisputable KRS One. Okay. Um, no doubt. In at number two, I would probably number. See, my favorite band of all time is the Beastie Boys. Yep. Um, so, in at number two, just because they're my favorite band of all time, I would put, and I, I don't necessarily think they trump the other MCs on this list, but I just, I love them so much, they've got to be, but would be Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys, um, and 
probably MCA from the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys could be one. Oh, they can be one? Absolutely. Okay, the, the Beastie Boys are in at number two. Musical influences, right? So they do that. Beastie Boys are just like an influence for life. I am I, I, very grateful for the Beastie Boys because that they were the break, the niche, and they were also an example to everyone else that you could do hip-hop your way. The, you know, that's the, the that's the thing that I love so much about them is yeah. like, you know. They never try to be black. They never try to be gangster. They never try to be anything but what they wanted to be. Again, like you said. Again, say, learn to play what, what you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. and, like, and, and that's the thing. They never chased trends. They just did what they thought was cool and they led by being true to themselves. And that's what, and in every aspect of life, you know, like when I was a kid, I just wanted to be in the Beastie Boys so bad. Yeah, you know, it's just like, absolutely. that was that was all I wanted. And like, and so yeah, no, they're in it number two. Number two. Number two. Come on, number three. Uh, number three, Chuck D. Mm. Chuck D, like, Chuck D just, I, and he's one of those things to, to me, similar to, to other people where it's like, this guy has a voice, you know, it's like, but like as a drummer growing up, I, I played drums since I was like four years old, but Chuck D did these things with his rhyme schemes that were just, you know, like when he came out, people were pretty simplistic, you know, in terms of where they put the rhymes and where the cadences were and where the, yeah, and he, to this day, I can listen to a, 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 an old Public Enemy record and not be able to wrap my head around some of the stuff that he does just because it's like it's ahead of its time it, yeah it's like he's talking to you yeah. as opposed to you know rapping and Actually. trying to make it fit yeah. uh, so that's where, where are we at number three mm-hmm. number four rappers uh, Method Man mm. Method Man another guy where it's like if you get like he as a drummer he was so kind of so cool because like Method Man to me if you get the instrumentals of the Wu-Tang Clan records or his solo records, if you get the instrumentals of them, they're okay, you know, but once you put his voice, the way he drives a song yeah. forward with his, like, yeah. all of a sudden you're doing the head snap thing, and then you listen to the instrumental, you're like, this can't be the same thong, same right. song. Right. And it's just like, he can take a mediocre beat and drive it forward. It's right. just like, and, and just the way he, the way he did that was just... I remember growing up and watching, uh, well, the kids back in my day, uh, MTV used to play music videos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, children yes, yeah. have no idea that happened. Yeah, strange phenomenon. Uh, and um, that Method Man would be interviewed or he would be in a video. He, I always thought he was like the coolest guy on the planet. Doesn't he seem like a nice guy like you just want to be his buddy? I just wanted to be like, be around Method like, And I never met Method Man, but like, he was just like the coolest. Like, yeah, man, like that's what I do. And, you know, like he used to have a um, uh, 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 safety pins in his eyebrows. Yeah, like he was just like the coolest dude yeah. ever. And uh, from his videos to the way he walked and the way he talked and the way he speaks like this, like yeah. you know, like he has a little slur at the end of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're just like, oh, you're so cool, so cool, you're so and, cool, dude. And, and like when Method and Red came out, and like when they had the the like, you know, it just it became clearly it became obvious that yeah. Method and Red were like really good buddies that they yeah. hung out, that they genuinely were friends. Right. It wasn't just sort of like a, a musical collaboration. Right. And me and all my my friends whenever we saw that we were just like me and all my friends when we saw that we were just like ah oh, that's so cool i want it to be like i bet you watch that and went, i want it to be method red and concept it's just like you want to be one of those guys because they seem like you know what and my band was managed by all the same people that managed corn and limp biscuit and lincoln park and and when that fred durst method man song came out i was like Fuck Fred Durst. He doesn't appreciate this. He takes up all the time. Whenever yep. I'm trying to get a meeting with my manager, that fucking asshole calls and interrupts saying that there's a tree in his fucking swimming pool at his million dollar mansion and he gets to hang out with Method Man. 
fuck that guy. I, that was a good song too. Yeah, and it, like, and and honestly, no, no disrespect to what Fred Durst no, achieved. A, Durst. a lot Come of people were like, you know, mad at him. I, I don't think he's the greatest rapper. He tried to make world. a comeback. They tried to make a comeback maybe like four years ago. You remember that? Well, I like the Gold Cobra thing. Like, but the thing is, like, I I think he's in a great spot right now. What is he like, doing? What is well, Fred Durst doing? I think Limp Bizkit bands like he's yeah he he's, still makes music. Uh huh. What? Yeah, no, Little Wayne signed him. What? Yeah, yeah. But, is he rapping now? Yeah. Oh my god. But like the thing about the thing about that is like I mean from the from the outside looking in like at that time it was crazy cuz everybody was so, like you got to understand my band was a giant failure compared to all the other Corn, like, Linkin Park, uh Limp Bizkit, 80s band. You know like it's just like <laughs> you know like yeah. we were the one band that did not sell 10 million records and so now my job is to play them on the radio. So um but the thing about everything that was going on that was so crazy and every, the the game was so sort of like rah rah. This is like late 90s early 2000s when more albums were being sold than ever had been in the past or ever would be again. This is when like it was not uncommon for bands to come out and do a million in the first week. Just unheard of. And and so it, the but the, like now Fred Durst can still go play to, you know, 20,000 people at festivals in Europe. Can he? Yeah. Oh, no, he can. Oh, in Europe. Oh, yes. In Europe. Well, Europe, I mean. Well, but then he can come here. He can come here. Like, he can, he, like, he can tour America and he can put 1,500 people in a building, have fun. No, I've seen it. We booked him for station events. 1,500 people in a building? No, not a problem. Not like, and everybody wants to hate him because of the horrendous things that he's done. But like, a lot of people I know, like, couldn't stand Fred Durst, but that band, the guitar player, Wes in the band, like. No, 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 let's get this straight. Limp Bizkit as a band was good. Yeah. Fred Durst by himself, huge douchebag, not good. Right, right. <laughs> Huge but, douchebag. But the guitarists, the basses, and the drummer—they were fucking amazing. Yeah. They were super dope. All I'm saying, uh, uh, it's just okay. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Last one. I need last one. Uh, you said Method Man, and then four. Um, Wait, yeah, four, five. Hold one on, more. this is gonna be tough because it's the end of my Check list. I want to make sure that I'm not uh. screwing up. Um, no doubt now. Uh. I want to say Q-Tip because he's another guy that just sounds like he's talking nice. to you. Yeah. Like he's, you know, like Tribe in general. But Q-Tip just, you know, like also because like all the other rappers that I liked, you know, Beastie Boys, Karis One. Um, I listened to Ice Cube way more because I loved his. I loved his love records. I love Ice Cube love records. Just so good. Like Ice Cube, but as a rapper, as an MC, that made me go, "That's really cool." I, I'll, I'll take Q-tip. Q-tip style. Q-tip. Just, well, again, to this day, because like everybody else was kind of screaming and yelling at you. The Beastie yep. Boys screaming and yelling at you. Karis One screaming and yelling at you. All those guys like have very aggressive, in-your-face styles where Q-Tip kind of talks to you. There's two ways of getting listened to. One, you can scream and shout. Two, you can quiet down and have people lean in and pay closer attention. And that's what Q-Tip did. I like that. I like that. Top five, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Your bottom five are better, though. My bottom five. I don't even know your best five. You're just garbage five. Garbage five. Rappers. Garbage five rappers. Um, the uh, pre-mentioned uh, Fred Durst. Well, yeah, I don't even know if it's fair to call him a rapper. That's, well, he signed to YMCA over there, whatever the fuck he signed to now. Yeah. So he wants to throw his head in the MC ring. You got to judge him, MC. I'm not saying it's him, but give me your, give me a stop with a. Um, I, like I want to say something horrendously blanket and just pick the next five rappers I hear on the radio that came out this year. <laughs> 
Just because I, I find that, you know, like hip hop. Well, Drake is your your favorite, right? Drake, ever, I just, time? you know, Drake, yeah, yeah, he's the least gangster rapper ever. He came from the, me- he started at the bottom, now he's here. He came from the mean streets of Degrassi. You know, when he talks about the bottom that he started yeah. at, he's referring to being a child actor that probably got paid about $30,000 an episode. So, yeah, fuck that guy. And he's Canadian, so he started on top. Oh, yeah. I and mean, lo- geographically speaking. Geographically right, speaking, he did start right, at the top. He did start on yeah, the top, yeah. so. Yeah. Yes, yes, he was he was in the advantage position. Like also did he break in Canada or America first? America. Okay, cuz you know in Canada there's this rule called CanCon, meaning if you're a radio station in Canada, you must play a certain percentage of Canadian artists. What? Yeah, it's called CanCon. And no, uh and, and if you make a record, yeah. you have to have a certain number of Canadian musicians involved in the project. There was a case where Brian Adams, who's Canadian, sure. uh, Brian Adams, um, summer of '69, run to you. He made a record and it didn't have enough Canadians on him uh, on it, and he got in trouble. Is there a number, or it has to be a percentage? I don't know what it is. Not being Canadian, twenty percent of the people involved need to be Canadian. Yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> I, I don't know what the percentage is or the number. Okay, is, so come on, give me it. Give it to me. Um, the uh, oh, so all right, in at number one. Yeah, why why not Drake? Drizzy. Uh, Drake. It's it's more like who's responsible for doing terrible things to the art form. Yeah, Drake uh, is not there. I don't think he's done anything pretty much to like diminish hip hop. I think he... You know what it is? You know what it is? I think it's just the world crawls over barbed wire and broken glass to kiss that guy's I don't, ass. I, yeah, I don't understand and, why and he's it's, treated it, like it, a legend. Which that, makes me that sound, bothers me. Which makes me sound bitter and jealous, yeah. but it's not. It's just like I just think he's he's he is complicit in the retardation of the art form. <laughs> and because he's, you know, because because Drake has become the gold standard, then I think it's it's I, I yeah I have a problem with that Drake Drake and he seems like a nice guy too he's up there on King of the Dot you know yeah. representing for Canadian hip hop battles not and... not battling himself though, no no but you got conspicuously point out. not battling not battling yes so Drake um I don't know I don't really listen to terrible rappers name some stuff that's on the radio right oh, now I don't fucking know um not Soldier Boy Soldier Boy that, that that's Fetty Wap what's the other one everyone Future I have no idea who these people are you're mentioning, by the way. Post Malone Oh, yeah, stitches. fuck Stitches. I hate Stitches. <laughs> I fucking hate Stitches. Fuck that guy. I fucking, yeah. Throwing flour around at shows, being like, I'll put this brick in your face. What? Of self-raising flour? Thank you. I wanted to bake myself Thanks, a loaf asshole. of bread. Yeah, Little yeah. Debbie? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, again, these are just names I, I flipped through YouTube. But is, is Stitches even a rapper now? I like, don't know what he, I, I don't, don't think he ever got signed do. because he like, he. What, what's funny is because he's like Vanilla Ice, but back in those days, Vanilla Ice could make up whatever the hell story he wanted to about being a street tough from Miami and nobody could do a Google search on him and find out that his name was Rob Van Winkle and his dad owned a car dealership in Dallas. Like, but for, for, for Stitches, people found that, you know, At like- At least Vanilla Ice could dance. Remember he did the uh, Turtle Power? He did the, the, the Ninja power? song? Go ninja, go, go, and at least he, he, he is, there's entertainment value in watching a grown man do like the running man. You know what I'm saying? There's, but you know, stitches, what is happening? Like in theory, I, you know, I liked what Sonic's kittens to like, like I love, retarded third graders. I They're love, like, oh, look at it. It's the same principle. I love grave diggers. Like that was yeah. like that's my shit. And Rod like Digger and, and, and but Stitches to me was like trying to be horrorcore. You know, like nineties horrorcore, the next generation of, you know, the guy running around in the in the 
in a pinhead mask. And, you know, it was like, I, I thought, I thought that's what he was trying to do. And I didn't, besides the fact that he clearly can't rap, I didn't have a problem with it, but I was just like, I was like, it's kind of interesting. But when I found out what a terrible person he was, and I don't know, he did this thing where he said that he had cancer and like, I don't think he actually had cancer. And if wow. you're going like, I had cancer and you're saying that to me, look, right. maybe he did have cancer and I'm a terrible person for saying that, Right. but it's just everything about him has been so uniformly fake that I'm going to throw that into the probably fake bin too. So Drake stitches, D- Drake stitches. Um, I don't like that juggalo shit. Yeah. I don't like that juggalo <laughs> shit. Um, and, and 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 let's say AD is white. Let's point that out because the, uh, people somehow get like, uh, "Oh, you're white, so you have to like certain artists." And I always seem to be like the the, the juggalos always seem to be like the the crazy white boy that like that's their thing. You're supposed to like like no, there's white people with taste. I don't white think I've that ever like good music. I don't you know, think like I've fucking... I don't think I've ever met a black juggalo. <laughs> there are some though. No, is he a juggalo no. though? I, I I I think that's just because he realizes a lot of people yeah. willing to like. Yeah. Also, like financially, it's a pretty viable option being uh, being part of the Juggalo crowd, and I'll tell you why. It's like the same reason that like same reason that country music is so big. Like nobody buys music anymore, but country music is like these people crawl out of their mud huts and they barely manage to get themselves like you know. They, they, they don't have the opposable thumbs necessary to steal music on the interwebs. Right. So they go out and they buy the compact they disc at the show. They buy merch. They buy merch. And like, uh, 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 Tech Nine fans and, and Juggalo fans buy, buy merch. They buy they merch. They, they buy CDs. And it's a whole thing. Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I don't like Juggalo music. Hey, I, I'm a, uh, well, let's just we can look into the Juggalo thing. We got to get some merch moves. Vanilla right, Ice. Like Vanilla Ice is now like a, a, a member of oh, the. Oh, I'm sure. He's down. Of I don't think he calls himself a Juggalo, but he's, he's, he's part of it. And and I think he does very you well. Know, Ice is like a home improvement show. Um, I played with Vanilla Ice, and I, he was awesome. He was. I hate to. <laughs> I like still not that great a rapper. The but best live show ever. No, a really great show. Nice. Like what he had like this, and it was kind of like going to did a nineties rap show. Tell me, he did show. the song though. Which song? He all. Oh, like he did it three he times. He had to. <laughs> he didn't like. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> He didn't play it three songs, but like he did a lot of call and response stuff wow. when he was working the crowd. And it was like, you know, so he'd be like, let me hear you say, ho, ho, say ice, ice, baby. And people were like, ice, ice, baby. <laughs> Maybe now he's going to play the song. Maybe now we're going to get to hear the song that we came here for. Yeah, fucking song and, you know, he played it at the end of the show. <laughs> but it was still like he put on. He, he put on, Look, I mean, if you are rapping since 1988 or whatever it was until 2015 and you're on stage and you haven't gotten good by now. What the hell's a problem? So he like he knows how to do a show. Sure, I'm, 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 he's good on stage. Right. All right. Uh, continue. Um, two more. Two more. We just covered everything with Juggalos, right? Yes. Um, I don't hate Fetty Wap. I, I like, but th- there's just anybody that uh, you know what anybody that um anybody that uses Auto Tune now. Like that was so over, yeah. like a couple Even years T-Pain ago. Even T Pain doesn't use it. Anymore. Even T Pain. Well, you know, T Pain was the first person to do it, and the first. Well, he got big doing it, and then he was like, "That, that's it." A friend, of, like I was, uh, I was mentoring a young rapper that actually, uh, RA's lawyer, who's my lawyer, put me in touch with in Houston. He's this fifteen-year-old kid. He's a great rapper. I don't know what's happened to him, but he had an amazing line. 
Um, and he was like, it went, fuck T-Pain. He's a human pee stain. If you heard his real voice, you'd stab him with a keychain. I thought that was good. Um, but like, so yeah, anybody, but basically anybody that relies on effects over, um, over yeah. doing the work, I think. It. So, you know. So I'm having a hard time naming people I hate, but I just I I it's one of those things where I hear something I hate and I don't Shazam it, so I know exactly what I'm hating. Um, so you have one more or no? One more in, in me that I hate. No, uh, you know, yeah, and, and, and and like I have a really good. also I have a really hard time judging anything that people find value in because it's just like just because you're not me. That's just the nice part of you now. That's it. That, that well, yeah, nice but it's just like, you know, it's just like I have a hard time judging yeah. stuff that I like to judge. Uh, I spend a lot of my day judging others. Yeah. I don't see the harm in judging. I I really only see like because if you're judging, right, yeah. if you're like just judging, there's really more good that can come than bad. I think when you're like this is not good, but everyone's like, it is good. You're like, no, well, here's why it's not good. And uh-huh. then if you have like valid points, right. I think your judgment should be allowed. It should be, if you have valid points when you speak, your your conversation should be at least considered. You know what I'm saying? Well, but okay. it, I mean, if you, judging and hating are completely different things. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it's, it's the oldest expression of the world. That's your opinion and you're entitled to it. Right. You know, it's like, and so, so who am I to judge? All right. You know? I can live with that. It's been amazing. Great time. I don't get to do the thing where the, you get the the, the, the five Can rounds or what is it? What are you? Is it? The 12 like, rounds, oh, okay. which we're going to get to now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's really what the whole thing is. The way it works is I'm going to ask you 12 questions. Okay. Each more difficult than the last. Okay. So if you answer all 12 questions honestly, yeah. you're the champion, you walk away with the belt. Yes. Or in this case, an official Wake the Flock Up shirt. Oh, really? If you cannot answer the question. If I'm super good, do I get one of those dope-ass Wake the Flock Up windbreakers that you can probably buy at wakeTheFlockUp.net? <laughs> uh, no. Oh. Uh, you get a shirt, though. Okay. Uh, if you cannot answer the question, or yes. you will not answer okay. the question, you will be knocked out. Okay. I'm the champion, and I get that hat. Okay. Oh, this is my favorite hat. That's why I get it. Yeah. Huh? Well. I mean, I'm waiting for someone to wear like gold rings. I'm like, like, I get that chain. But no you way. know what's really funny? Yeah. Like, I was thinking about it today. Like, I'm a real sneakerhead. Yeah. And I've got the oldest, most dingiest, most beat up pair of sneakers on right now. Because I yeah. went to the dog park before yeah. I came into work with Millhouse the puppy, who's uh-huh. been sitting here making shout no noise. Shout out to Millhouse. Shout out to he's Millhouse. He's a great dog been, so far. He, dude, he's the best dog in the he's world. Amazing, man. He's man. amazing. Like, Let me say this, though. Uh, and I will put myself out there. Yeah. I don't care. I recently, I, I, dude, on it, like, so you can see, I don't really care about fashion. I'm not like a big fashion guy like at all. Um, but I needed shoes, and the reason I knew I needed shoes because my feet hurt when I walked. Oh, that's no good. On sneakers that I've had forever. So I'm yeah. like, okay, my back's starting to hurt now, my knees. It's like these shoes, there's no, so then I, we went through, I just choose, I don't give a shit about enough to like say, oh, I like those. Like, I don't care. So we went through all these different shoe stores, and what happens to me, I'm complicated complicatedly easy like i'm too i'm too how are you complicatedly easy i don't care i don't give a shit like my wife wants to buy me a gift like i don't care get me whatever which makes it super oh, yeah, hard yeah. to yeah. get a gift for someone who doesn't that's care almost what they unfair want. to your wife exactly yeah so then we go and uh we go to we go to sketchers and I try on a pair of shoes. But you can't rap and wear sketches. It's <laughs> I, just I, like I, the two I, the two things are so diametrically I, opposed. I buy a pair of shoes and they don't have laces on them. Mm-hmm. They look like house shoes, yet dress shoes, yet sneakers. 
You cannot tell. And the best part is I can put them on and I have to tie my shoes, which is kind of cool. Look, boom, shoes on and it stays on. I know. I know what you're thinking. Fucking old concept. <laughs> you're geriatric at this point. Something's wrong with you. You're, you're hip hop. You're supposed to care about sneakers and shit. I, I could not care less. You know how you talked about the fact that you wear Skechers? Yes. You should do that less. <laughs> Like uh, I, I, it, it makes, the beauty of owning your own podcast, you can edit stuff out. Right, so yeah. that not land. You know uh, what? I think it's real though. I think like the fact that you you unashamedly wore the Skechers yeah. and talked about the Skechers and yeah. be like, yeah, what up? They're comfortable. You know what it is? That doesn't diminish my skills as an MC or a radio personality. So what? I wear Skechers. That's not the point. That's not where we're going in this universe. Exactly. I wear Skechers. I stand for Skechers. Hashtag that shit. Hashtag uh, Skechers is life. Hashtag I stand with Skechers. I like that. Uh, not that I'm comparing myself. I'm just, I mean, there are some traits that are, you know, interchangeable and stuff. But Einstein, you know no. what I'm saying? <laughs> he wore the same thing every day. Not because he didn't, he just didn't give a fuck what he wore. He's busy doing other shit. Like, yeah. That less thought goes into it so he can think and use his brain for other stuff. I don't really like, dude, like, I threw some pants on. That I bought in a shirt that I wore in my I'm good. Let's go take care of the business we need to do. But I get it, image, public, but I work in radio, so then I get it, you know what I'm saying? It's kinda of like that. But you know what you have to like what's interesting is like it's really weird. Like I started wearing hats, like these stupid gas station like generic ball caps. Yeah. Um that uh, oh I found out the ones I was wearing were associated with a Mexican prison gang, um, and like I, like I'm not gonna go into it I'm not gonna go into it this could be for the next podcast but I am under the protection of a Mexican prison gang through a long series of misadventures that could have wound up getting me stabbed I'm down with a, a with a with a Texas Mexican prison gang um, holy shit yeah I got gangster cred check this out wait wait I, I've just figured out my own you know what this is. Mission Valley, bitches. Mission Valley. You're too white to be throwing up gang signs. Well, that's why my gang sign is for Mission Valley and not the actual (laughs) gang sign associated with the, the, yeah, anyways. But, um. I didn't read that book. But, like. What the hell led to you being protected from a Mexican? I'm telling you, we got to get into that. I almost got stabbed one night. Save it. Okay. (laughs) For the next. Wow. (laughs) Um. Yo, it's Concept here, and as you guys know by now, our uh, our man Ariano, who is an executive producer on the show, will be releasing his own podcast entitled "A Popular Nobody," um, and that will be releasing January eighth. As you guys can, uh, if you guys have heard for the promos and all the spots that we've been dropping, um, there is only one way to describe this new podcast, and that word is art. The podcast is going to be an amazing um, addition to the Wake the Flock of Network, but to hip-hop in general it's going to provide something new that's never been done before in hip-hop or podcasting so um go ahead and stick around for the for the very end of this this um this episode you're going to get a 10 minute preview 10 minute sneak peek of the brand new ariano popular nobody podcast at the very end of this episode so check that out and uh thank you guys for the support all right flockers peace Are you willing to play 12 rounds? Yeah. Wait. Mission Valley. I, I, the MV. I can't even look at you right now. The, the, the V is also the Spock sign because, you know, yeah. Live <laughs> yeah, long and prosper, long and bitches. Prosper. <laughs> Round number one. What is your favorite part about your craft? 
my favorite part about my craft is I get to be a part of a community. Like it, it's just a little thing, but I'm that friendly voice on the way home. When I was a kid, I didn't, we, you know, there was, I'm not the most social person in the world. And when I wanted some company, but didn't want to deal with an actual human being, I would throw on the radio and that voice on the radio would keep me company. And that was, that was just enough for me. And I love the fact that I get to be that to other people. And I feel like I'm contributing to a community. And when I really reach someone, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm on point that day and I really managed to reach people and I get an email saying like, you really hit the nail on the head. That's how I feel. I kind of feel like in my own little way, I get to leave the world a bit of a better place than I found it. And that's my favorite thing. It, it is a beautiful thing to be able to, the relationships you build in radio. Yeah. Right. And in, in speaking are so much more closer than I want to say than like, they, when you, you look, when you, I watch a TV show and I get attached to the character and I'm kind of sad when, I'm no longer watching Parks and Rec. I want to see them continue, and I wonder, you know, that kind of stuff. But in radio, you really get a personal relationship with someone. I cannot not listen to Adam Carolla every day. Yeah. Like, if I don't listen to it, I know very well that I did it. I missed that episode. And then I go back, and I catch up. Like, that just becomes a part of who I am, part of your life. You grow attached to them. So, yeah, I totally understand the whole connection with your listeners and your radio stuff. Like, I love people coming up to me like, dude, that episode was super dope. That was super funny. Or this is that. It really does live a sense of accomplishment. You you know, know? I think, you you know, you want to... You want to make a contribution to the world. You want to do your little part. It's like I said, you want to try and leave the world a bit of a better place than you found it. And if you do that by being creative, whether that's, you know, and, and for me, my, my craft right now is, is radio, you know, but like, I, 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 like, it sounds like a really pretentious thing to say, but I remember like reading some book and some, 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 I don't know, Zig Ziglar or some sort of motivational speakers type book. And like, you have to decide what your gift is. And I remember like being like, what's my gift? And then I was like, I guess really. And I like, I I was with this girl at the, the time who really doubted that I would ever amount to anything. Um, and she was like, okay, what's your gift? I was like, my gift is my voice. And I was like, yeah, my gift is my voice. And she was like, okay, your gift is your voice. But I realized it. And like, Name of your book. Name of my book. My gift is my voice. My gift is my voice. Boom. Just name it. Thank you, thank you very much. Checks payable too, please. Yes. Round number two. What is your least favorite part about your craft? My least favorite part about my craft? Um, the number of hours spent doing it because the more you do it, like I don't ever like the feeling of going on autopilot. I like to be real and I like to be present and I never, and it's just in this day and age, like I do the work of 10 years ago in radio, four people would have been doing the jobs that I do. Yeah. And now I do all four of them mm-hmm. and something's going to suffer somewhere along the way. And I hate ever half-assing anything ever. So the, yeah, that's my least favorite part that the number of hours spent doing it and the fact that you don't get to really kind of give as much care to every part of it as you would like to. Round number three. If you could collaborate with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? That's a really, do it, does it have to be, do I have to narrow it down to one? Let's say yes. Just pick one. So. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Like, dead or alive, I think it would have to be Jerry Seinfeld. Cause like I love Jerry Seinfeld, like nice. I love Seinfeld. Yeah. Like there's very few things in this world 
like happiness is something that you have to earn. Some happiness is something that you have to create in yourself. It's a mindset. It's you get up and you write your own story every single day. You make the decision about how your life's ultimately going to go. Very few things external to you can or should make you happy. Seinfeld makes me happy. Watching an episode of Seinfeld makes me happy. And I don't even have to collaborate with him. He's got that show, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. If I could be on that show or just spend a day, like if I could have coffee, that would be all the collaboration I would need. If I could have a conversation with Jerry Seinfeld, be one of those people that, you know, like that would, that would be it for me because like, and I like, you know, I, I had to narrow it down to one, but I would, I would say the same thing about Howard Stern. Um, and you know, like I would probably say the same thing about, ad rock from the beastie boys like it i wouldn't necessarily need to go make a record with them or do a radio show but my collaboration would be the exchange of ideas like if i could be if i could be a guest on comedians and cars getting coffee that would be just i would blow my mind amazing i like that answer round number four what are you most proud of right now yes what are you most proud of? i think i'm like i'm on a bunch of different radio stations like and and you know we get ratings and we get numbers and you know like i'm in a career year where my resume looks pretty chubby like i'm i'm number one at all these different radio stations with all these different things that i do but my thing that i'm most proud of is my little talk show which just you know it i own it i created it funkhauser you know like is is my partner in it and we we got on our first FM radio station a little while ago. And I'm not a guy that lives and dies by ratings. I'm just not. I think, you know, it's it's not that big a deal to me. But we got our we got our first ratings book and this is inside baseball. For people that don't know, like if you are you can get a thing called a share and that's the percentage of people in that town that are listening to you. If you get a five share or a six share, you're gonna be number one and it's a big deal. In our first ratings period on our like FM station, our first real ratings period, we were number one with an eleven share, what? which is like knocking it out of the park. Dude. And like, but they're numbers, and you know, you're not supposed to get this sort of validation from external things. But to have created something, like nobody said to me, "Hey, AD, we think you should be a talk show guy." Like I wanted it, and I had every single barrier put in my way, mostly because of the way I look and because I've been on rock stations. You know, your average talk radio guy is like. 50 60 years old he wears a sweater vest and you know like i was straight up told that i couldn't do it because i looked like an overgrown kid that should be skateboarding outside of a 7-eleven that was the answer they gave me when they said why this is a no when i would apply for all these talk radio jobs or try and get on and like so i didn't you know i like i i had to create my own thing it's like adam corolla created the pirate ship i guess he calls his show but to have something that just kind of came from you that was successful that that to me not in an egotistical or self-aggrandizing way but like wow you know like me and funkhauser did this you know and uh, like it never would have happened without funkhauser he was the guy that called the radio station that got it on he's the guy that's been you know like in in my corner for for so long i'm under no illusion that i did it on my own or anything but that's the thing i'm most proud of right now you should be thank you awesome round number five what are you least proud of uh, what am I least proud of? Uh, it's gonna sound like a really trivial thing, 
But um, I think, what am I least proud of? I, I think it's the amount, all the other stuff, the number of hours that I, I put into doing all the things that I do, the way in which I have, I, I do now and have for years allow it to affect my personal relationships with, you know, people that really matter, you know, like not necessarily having as much of a relationship with family members that I want to have a relationship with, not being able to spend the time with them, not being able to do that stuff, like shortchanging, you know, some people that are very important to me by just not physically, you know, like, cause you can talk, you can say I'm there for you, but really, you know, there's no excuse. There's no substitute for being able to spend a half an hour with someone or an hour with someone or a day with someone. So that's probably the thing that bothers me the most on a regular basis. <clears throat> it's, but what choice do you have? And, and and what I mean by that is like, dude, you need to be happy for you. Yeah. And, and it's what I it's what I told my wife, and it's why I got work at seven o'clock in the morning, and I'm here in San Diego at eight yeah. eleven. Because honestly, like, dude, this makes me happy. This yeah. is one of those things that again, like you said, you created, you build, and you you get lost in it. You forget about everything else in the world when you're able to just do this. Dude, you, you started know? out with a microphone. Now you make money. You have, yeah, you know, well. like not, not a ton, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, like, but you know, I didn't see what kind of car you pulled up in, but nevertheless, you know, it's just like you, you know, you created something and that's, yeah. that, that, and that, that's the other thing I've, I've come to realize. And it's a, such a double-edged sword because it, it like, it's this dichotomy where if you, if you're a creative person and you're not creating something, there's no way you're going to be happy. Exactly. So. Except, dude, that's it right there. That, that's why J Rose has like one of the most uh, professional jobs I've ever heard in my life. It's ridiculous. And then he goes home and just makes amazing hip hop. Like that's what it's about. Yeah. You need to create creative people need to create in order for us to just be happy with each other, with ourselves. Yeah. You know? Round number six. What is your biggest fear? Snakes. <laughs> All snakes? I have an actual phobia of snakes. What about like the little gummy candies that come in snake form? I know I can eat them before they can eat me. So you're good with those? Yeah, I'm good with those. So it's not just like snake-shaped things. No, but just actual like, snakes. Somebody once put like a rubber lizard on my shoulder, uh, and, and I almost had a had a heart attack. <laughs> like I can't be in the same room as them. Right. Like I kind of tried exposure wow. therapy on myself. Yeah, yeah. By going to the zoo and trying to go into the reptile part of it, and, and it's no. just like. I've had a phobia of snakes ever since I was two years old. Okay. Do you know what that's from? Like, did you get bit or was it like a... I think what it comes from was like, do you remember, this is kind of going back a ways, I don't know if they still make them, but so my mom's friend had, my mom's friend had this like paper snake where it's like a stick uh-huh. and there's a stone in the head and it's attached by a string and you kind of like, it's... Oh, and you move it around and, and, it, and it does, like, and, yeah, it does yeah. that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so when I was two, my mom's friend... Or, or the person that lived down the hall with us would like terrorize me with it, and like, and but what a bitch. Well, yeah, but then I would kind of like. I think my parents wanted me to get over my fear of it, so they're like, "Do you want to play?" But the with fear it? came from her scaring you, you with that's it. That's the only thing I can think of because to this day I have a phobia of snakes, Holy and that's shit. that's my earliest fear was yeah. was that that snake, yeah. and um and so but like people are like you know, 
you know, you can get therapy for that and you, they'll, you can be holding boa constrictors in no time if you just do the right cognitive <laughs> behavioral therapy. And I was like, why? You know what my phobia of snakes does? Keeps me safe and away from snakes. If it was a fear of water or washing my hands or something that would really get in the way of my life and damage me, that'd be fine. But you know what my fear of snakes does? Keeps me alive. Uh, have you seen snakes on a plane? The movie? Yeah. No, I've never watched something. It's a like terrible that. movie, but I think you might actually. I've never watched. You know what? You know what? You know what's so fucked it's up? A horror. Like uh, Sharknado. Horror. Have you seen it? <laughs> I, dude, I want to watch it so bad. I like sit. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna watch it. But it's a terrible movie. It's so horribly acted that I'm just like, Holy well, it, like it, I want to fast forward to the part where the sharks come. But even their reactions to the fake sharks are just so badly. You know, yeah. and then in the third one, he has like a chainsaw, and he's like in space. Like, what the fuck happened? So, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I watched, I watched, uh, I watched Sharknado right before I was about to move to San Diego, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, I'm not going in the water. Like, and and people are like, you know, that's not real. Yeah. They're not going to swim on the street. I was like, yeah, but they're in there. But you know what's jacked up? When I got here, I was like, well, uh, to a bunch of people that work here, they're like, are you excited to go surfing and stuff like that? I was like, honestly, it's going to sound stupid to you, but I kind of have like, I'm not wild about sharks. Like I'm a little apprehensive about that. And they're like, oh no, I don't go into the water at all. My friend got bit. I was like, wait a second. You live here. And you have a problem. And they're like, no, we go in the pool. We don't go in the water. Are you crazy? Not past the knee. No way. And like, these are like manly men that do manly things. And they're like, what are you going to do about a shark? Nothing. Holy fuck, dude. Round number seven. <clears throat> who would you take a bullet for? Uh, who would I take a bullet for? Um, Anyone I love. I respect that. Anyone I love. Take a bullet for Millhouse a Puppy without even thinking about it. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. He's a good dog. Yeah. It's knocked out. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd take a bullet for anyone that I consider to be family. I like that. Round number eight, who would you let that bullet hit? Who would I let that bullet Again, hit? Again, AD's not shooting someone. Oh, God. But there's a bullet flying to the sky. You know very well it's I coming, would, but you just don't want the person to I'd like, sidestep that shit be like, ooh. Um, you, uh, you do that body shit. You know, like, right, yeah, yeah. I, I was this episode we're doing a two parter we have to at this point but uh, I was watching Total Recall uh-huh. and there's just you know what I'm talking about there's this scene where they're hunting uh, Arnold down like in the um, uh, he's an escalator yeah and they start shooting at him he grabs like this random just this dude waiting behind and just put a pop 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 not one or like 12 13 fucking bullets just start spraying this guy pop 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 and then he dumps him and runs off have you seen this no, I never saw a Total Recall. Dude, first of all, fucking amazing movie. But just for that scene alone, uh-huh. I still feel bad for that dude because he's just like waiting on the escalator. He's probably like shopping and and they start shooting. So Shorts just grabs him and they... Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, who would I... Who would I... Who would you let that happen to? Who would you body shoot yourself with? Ah... Uh... You know, a couple years ago, before I, I became a little bit more uh, well-adjusted, that would have been a long list. Now, now it's a tough one mm-hmm. to say. I guess you know what I would I would sidestep a bullet to uh, let it hit. Oh, okay. So I don't drink and drive, and I have a big. I have a. I have a big. 
Yeah, is that playing God too much? If you cannot answer the question. No, no, I can answer the question in any number of ways. Or you will not answer the question. Yeah. I would... Um, anybody that had... Now there's just so many people I want to let it hit. I thought I was I I thought I turned a pacifist corner. Now I'm like I only get one. Let's say it's like a guy. fifty cow and it shoots through all of them. Oh oh really? But I need the uh, who would the first person in life? Uh, the first person would be the first person. You know how I said I'd take a bullet for anyone in my family? Yes. One uncle. Fuck that guy. Fuck your fuck your uncle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One one uncle. Fuck that guy. And um. That should be the name of your book. One uncle, fuck, fuck that, that guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one uncle, a uh, uh, little ding ding, and then uh, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably <laughs> let laundry list. Of yeah, laundry list of people that like I've decided need to die. <laughs> um, baby Hitler would be second in line, I suppose. No, I, <laughs> um, the uh, I, I think anybody that would would kill somebody else right. you know in, in that way in, in a senseless in a senseless act of violence d- yeah Fredders okay no, not Fredders uh, round number nine yeah <clears throat> who would you never work with for who, round number nine who would I never work like with like ever work with I would never work with and this is, it's not even like a, an aggressive, I don't like this person type of thing, but I would never play second fiddle to anybody um, in anything that I did in terms of like radio or creativity or anything of that nature. Like I would never go on the radio as someone's sidekick. Not because... Howard Stern calls. AD, I'm firing Robin. I need you here. My sidekick. I'm flying to New York. Let's do this. Well, see, Howard Stern's really about to retire, so like, would if I be? You cannot answer. No, no, I wouldn't. I no, I, I would never be someone's sidekick. And you know what? Like, there, the few things that make me happy that are external to me, like Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. hearing, you know how Funkhauser, Funkhauser, and I do the news. Yes, that's only because Robin and Howard do the news. Ah, like okay. he, the, the, there was a time where Howard Stern. A lot of people like were like, oh, people are just ripping off Howard Stern. People are just ripping off Howard Stern. And now it really is just a world that Howard created that we're all playing in. If he hadn't come before us, none of us would be doing what sure. we did. So, yeah. uh, so no, I would never want to. No, I, I would. I would just. Yeah. No, I, I could never be anybody's sidekick. Okay. Because I could never be the flavor flavor to anybody's Chuck D. Because it's just like I have my own things that I want to do, and yeah. it would be a tremendous disservice to anyone else to fit as a cog in their machine. I respect that. I respect that. Round ten. Yes. <clears throat> Do you believe in God? Uh, no. I mean, no, like, here's the thing. Little little context, though. Um, I was raised Buddhist. Both both my parents were Buddhist mm-hmm. when I was born. It wasn't like something that I chose when I was a, a, a teenager and went off to find myself. Both my parents were practicing Buddhists when I was born. And, um, and so I was raised believing there is no God and this is our religion. I decided it didn't work for me mm-hmm. when I kind of became an adult. But it's really difficult to jump from being 
brought up in a world where God doesn't exist to this enormous leap of faith where there is a God. So I would say that I'm spiritually searching, not really hard, but I am spiritually searching. Like I believe in something, yeah. you know, I believe, you know, I believe in something and you know, it's funny cause I don't necessarily even, you know, I don't feel sure of the fact that there is a God, but I do believe in the idea of prayer. I believe in get it not, you know, maybe you want to get down on your knees. Maybe you don't, but I think the act of getting on your knees is the act of saying, I am not the center yeah. of the universe. There's so much. I am this teeny tiny speck. And it's, it's, an, it's an appreciation for everything that is not you in the universe. And I think that, you know, like, and, and, and focusing that, that to me is kind of like, uh, I believe in prayer, even if you're not praying to someone specific or mm. something specific. Yeah. So, and I, like, I, I, so no, I don't believe in a God, but I believe in something. You I know, respect that. I guess that's sort of like, a, a, what is that, an agnostic? Agnostic. Yeah. You ever hear the Woody Allen joke where he was like, I was dating this girl, but we were going to get married, but we had to break up because I was an agnostic and she was an atheist and we couldn't agree on which religion not to bring the child up in. <laughs> Woody Allen, everybody. Uh, round 11. 11. <clears throat> Last two. Last two. You ready? I'm ready. Don't hold the mic like a rapper. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Force a habit. Uh, we do you have you, I saw this thing on Facebook. Did you see what I'm talking about? Where, they, where they're going to put spikes around the mesh of the mic because people keep doing this and it should just. <laughs> it's funny. It's, I talk to rappers all day, every day, and they all seem to like. It's like, bro, you use a microphone for yeah, a living, do you yeah. not? What is happening here? Yeah. Not, I'm not trying to. No, no, no. I understand. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, when it, like, if you give it to me to hold my hand, yeah. I'm gonna immediately feel like I'm on stage again, and it's 2001. Yeah, that, that, for people who haven't seen I'm that, he's been standing like up, and he's been asking us to put our hands in the air like yeah, we don't yeah, care, exactly. for like the last 20 uh-huh. minutes. Yes. Uh, round 11. Uh, what is your biggest insecurity? My biggest insecurity. Uh, my biggest insecurity, I think, is probably that. I'm not where I want to be yet. You know, I think that, um, cause like I kind of came up, you know, when you're 17 years old and you get handed a million dollars and people go, you're incredibly talented. The world is going to be at your feet and that doesn't happen. <laughs> you kind of feel like you're screwing something up. You know, it's just like, you're like, I, I appear to be cooking with all the right ingredients. How come I haven't done it yet? And like, I think my biggest insecurity is like, like, when kids come in here and, and want to learn stuff about radio, I tell them this, like everything that I do on the air, everything that I do in person on the streets, when I'm at, at an appearance, everything that I do that has to do with being on the air, the mechanics of radio, do what I do. I have evidence on paper that would suggest that, you know, while no one's the best, there's really no one better than me. Just, you know, like being number one in every single mark that I do, and it like which sounds wildly egotistical it's not it's just you know it, i do my job well and i get results and so i tell people everything that i do with regard to being on the air do that every single business decision i make whether it's when to talk to my boss and ask for a raise whether it's when to ask for you know like when to kick ass and when to ki- kiss it i think i do all of that stuff wrong i think i'm entirely too nice when i need to be a little bit tougher and i think i'm unnecessarily tough when I need to be nicer. I like mm. the, the business side of things. That would be my business biggest insecurity that I don't know how to handle that. And if I did know how to handle it better, well, 
Wake the Flock Up would be part of my multinational radio network. I'm waiting for you to ask. At this point, I think it's just so. I think they're leaving money on the table, Ad. That's my biggest insecurity that I don't handle business well. I hear you. Uh, Round twelve, last and final round. Okay, it's been an amazing two hours and nineteen minutes that we've been talking. It fucking flew by already. It is really. Well, credit to you. Like it went quickly. It really did. Credit to the conversation that we've had, which if it was up to me, we would have our own podcast idea. I think it would fucking kick ass. Yeah. No, but uh, you know, like you say, you're a horrible businessman. So, you know, <laughs> I'm a horrible businessman. So I haven't, haven't so, done that. yet. So that won't happen. Uh, no. Uh, thank you for inviting us to this beautiful location. Thank you for the trip. Thank you for everything that I was able to learn at our heart, which is really why I wanted to come down and thank you in person. I never got a chance to do that. Uh, it was an amazing experience. I hope to continue it. I hope you do too. Uh, I had a great time on your show, even if I'm playing Robin to your Howard Stern during your news reading, which I didn't know that's what I was doing, but now I know, <laughs> which I'm fine. I'll play a uh, you know middle-aged black lady. I'm, I'm for for that. Uh, <laughs> you, you could go. You could go a lot worse than being compared to Miss Robin Quiver, sir. Uh, like I said. Uh, <laughs> thank you for everything you do. I really appreciate it. Can we have a twelve question? But. God damn it, AD. Damn it. You're ruining my... I am? Sorry. AD. Yes. Last and final round. Do you you want to say some other stuff? No. Okay. I'm done kissing your ass. Round 12, sir. Why? Because you got to do something. Oh, do you need me... Do you need more than that? Uh, Maybe a little bit. A little bit more? (laughs) Why? I would love it if I could be the type of person that just did nothing. Sure. I would love it if I had the genetic makeup necessary to sit on my ass and do absolutely nothing. And the financial means to not do anything? Assume assume for a moment that I wasn't the horrible businessman that we outlined earlier in the conversation. Say you made $5 million. Oh, that's not enough. When you were 17. Uh, When I was, say, like, I made five, and if if I didn't have to split it with those other four bozos, I could have. You yourself, they gave you, uh, they're like, hey, here's a $5 million, no pro. Um, if, If money wasn't a concern. Yeah. You would do nothing. No, no, no. I wish I could be that type of person. Oh, I see what you're I saying. Would, but I can't. Yeah. And like genetically, when, when just, you when you say why, yeah, because you have to. You have to get up. You have to do something. You have to be productive. You have to make the world, like I said, a little bit better than the way you found it. You have to do something to make people feel good. To like make the world go around. To not let the side that is humanity down so that would be my why that that's the reason for and it could be could be Milhouse a puppy in the morning you know when he comes up and he wakes me up and 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 like I, the first thing I see is his paws over the side of the bed and like his nose creeps up he's like hey what's up dude you know like that's the best feel that's such a good feeling and you know like well, you know, I've got to get up and i got to be awesome to this puppy. we got to have our walk. we got to have our time together. i got to be awesome to everyone. If I'm, you know, like, I just, you, you got to make the world go round. That's why. You have to add value to it or you're just dying, you know? I respect that. That is a great fucking why. You are the champion. You have the belt, sir. Thank you. Let's hear it for AD, everybody. Yay. Well, I, I'm oh. yaying the fact that I get to wake up, fly, wake the flock up shirt. That's right. Um, and honestly, like, this was... 
this was really, really cool. I really yeah, appreciate you making you. me a part of the show. Absolutely. And I really like I'm I'm stoked that eventually you wrote me back after the eighth time when I told you your podcast was good and that we were able to start doing well, stuff together. You know, I got no no on, on the real, like I just yeah. you know, I I think what you've done is amazing and it's and it's the very beginning of being amazing. And I think that the fact that you, you know, stepped out with a microphone and said, I want to do something. And your website's so freaking professional looking. You've got all this stuff to get. It's and, me and my boxers. Just yeah, but there, but yeah. I mean, like, but the thing is, like, so many people talk and don't do. Yeah. You did. And, yeah. like, that's, that. it's an incredible thing. And even if you were, you were doing was something that I had no interest in whatsoever, I would be impressed by the fact that you, you got up and you did something. You did the heavy lifting of actually doing something and accomplishing something and not just talking about it. And that's amazing. But bottom line is it's something that I love to listen to. And I know lots and lots of people thank love you, to listen you. to it. And I know more and more will as time It's been passes. an amazing ride. It has been. And we don't plan on stopping next year. We, we go full force again. And now we're, we're, uh, we're fully equipped. We're fully staffed. Now it's just continuing and building on the, on the momentum. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, bigger moves will come. Joining our heart family was, uh, for me, it was a great accomplishment. I was like really happy. And I think it was time to do it. Like before, maybe I don't think I would have deserved it or I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it didn't really say, maybe I'm not there yet. But now that we're here, I think it makes sense. Yeah. And hopefully we can build with our heart and, and get a little more into their, into their like wheelhouse, maybe, you know, get thrown, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully uh, we'll we'll build from there but if not you know i love my fans i love you guys for helping me out and everything and showing up at every show every uh show and every episode and it's uh been amazing ad thank you again thank you um i will make the pilgrimage again if you're free because i mean two and a half we got uh, two and a half hours and i feel See, we left a lot on the table that we need to talk about so. just just uh Make sure that your listeners don't go like, who the fuck was that guy? I never had him on again. <laughs> well, part two of this, of course, this will be, but I guess this will be the second half of the this two. Sure. Because, you know, we got we to gotta keep it hey, moving. Hey, if you want to go on Christmas vacation, we can easily kill two hours. <laughs> so, knock out AD, thank you for everything. Oh. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you, sir. X, J. Rose. This is Concept 714 asking you, demanding that you help us wake the flock up. Peace. I'll tell you what freedom is to me. No fear. I mean, really, no fear. If I if I could have that half of my life, no fear. Welcome to Popular Nobody. We don't care if you're famous. Just make sure what you create is fly as fuck. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Yes.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all around the world, my name is Ariano, and this is the Popular Nobody Podcast, episode one. Welcome to Popular Nobody. We are proud to be a part of the Wake the Flock Up Network. Big ups to Concept 714. My name is Ariano. This is Popular Nobody. I'm not going to do too much talking at first. We'll get into that. But right now, we're going to change up the energy. If you're in your car, on your phone, I want you to turn this up, y'all. Welcome to Popular Nobody. No genres. Just good music. Good conversation. Let's go. Popular Nobody. Ariano. We are on the Wake the Flock Up Network. That was Bears with Stay. Right now we're going to get into one of my favorite new artists. Her name is SZA. This is on her previously unreleased music. Big ups to TDE. Let's turn this up. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Popular nobody. 
behind the scenes with some other podcasts over the past couple years and I figured it was my time to jump in for a number of different reasons. First of all, I think podcasts are the, the new wave and I think it's an amazing platform and I think it's a platform that can be forever. Um, I'm going to 
I'm also launching a new platform in general called Popular Nobody. And it's a, uh, it's a platform for artists that are well known and known to be heard to get out to the world correctly. With that being said, I felt like launching this podcast was, was just perfect timing. It allows me to, you know, not just play what's hot and what's new, but it allows me to kind of go into my phone and, and, and scroll through the 15, 20 years of, of contacts and relationships that I've been able to build and, and make those people a part of this conversation. So it's, you know, we're going to be doing interviews with, with people who are, are established and, and not just talk about their music, but find out who they are. Um, they might be calling in um, off tour in the middle of nowhere um they might be in town we might go meet with them um but we're gonna try and get past that first layer of like why do you do music and all that stuff and and really get to know the artists um we're gonna be sharing current events gives me an opportunity to play exclusive music that you can't hear anywhere else it also gives me an opportunity to sip some good coffee roll one up play some of my homies that I feel like deserve to get out there more, so right now we're listening to, uh, that's the homie Kev Brown in the background, and uh, yeah man, I just appreciate the opportunity to uh, to use my, my voice, my music, my craft to get out to the world, with that being said, this is motherfucking popular nobody. Nobody. <laughs>